Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. This episode is all about eating for fat loss, how to do it most efficiently and effectively. We're going to go through our three basic rules for eating for fat loss. And we means Taylor Noriega, who's our resident lead nutrition coach here at Red Dot Fitness, as well as Jeff Cheneau, who you guys have heard from before, who's quite a nerd on nutrition himself. So within those rules, there's some nuance, but there's also some specifics that will detail. You're going to hear and learn about Metabolic adaptation. What is it and how do we deal with it? Within metabolic adaptation, we'll probably have to talk about reverse dieting, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll spend quite a bit of time talking about considerations for your protein intake, as these will be key uh, for your weight loss slash fat loss goals. And after we talk about that, we'll get into proper uh, caloric prescription based on your needs and the direction you want to go and how fast you want to get there. And, you know, we'll have to get into the realities of embracing this process because generally this is not something that we should be looking at in a short term. We should look, be looking at it over the long term. And in looking at things over long term, we'll, we'll want to talk about the importance of taking diet breaks along the way. So at the conclusion of the podcast, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about nutrition coaching here or any of the coaching programs that we have here at Red Dot Fitness, please go to rdftrainonline.com. That's rdftrainonline.com. All right, let's talk about fat loss and how much I need to eat or not eat in order to lose fat as efficiently and as effectively as I possibly can. So rule number one. In terms of losing fat, Taylor, what do I got to do? Calorie deficit, rule oh. number one, right? That's that's essentially what you need. However, no more cake. No, you can still have cake in a calorie deficit. It's good to know. You it's can good still. To know. I, I that was a curveball. It was good to know. See that? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna Recovery. think about that before I. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, but then you also need to figure out what your deficit is, and. I highly, highly recommend figuring out what your calculated maintenance is and getting to that maintenance before even attempting a deficit. Because if you're already in a in what your calculated deficit should be and you're not losing any weight, you need to reverse diet first uh, or else you're going to be slashing more and more calories. And if you do that, you're really just going to be losing muscle mass in the long run. Yeah. So it starts with a high level of awareness, mm-hmm. right? Which means you got to do a little work and and it's not that work isn't subscribing to some diet that you saw out there that uh, I use this one all the time that Susie down the street did and lost 10 pounds on that may have worked for her because maybe it put her in a deficit from where she was currently, which maybe was at maintenance and it worked really well. And she feels great. And she had great results doing again, doing air quotes, that diet, whatever that is. But first off, you got to understand you're going to need to be in a deficit. That's never going to change. It just is what it is. But what is the appropriate deficit for, for you? And are you, cause if you're already in a deficit of where you're supposed to be, if you're metabolically adapted. You do not want to be going into a, no. a, a, or a deeper, a you do deeper not. deficit. It's, just, it's, it's a horrible idea. You're going to mess your metabolism up and it's consistently what we see. Yeah. So mm-hmm. metabolic, if you're already metabolically adapted to a number that's already way below 
your metabolic maintenance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where your metabolic maintenance should be. And that's based off your mass and your age. Yes. Okay. A bunch of factors mm-hmm. that are what you are now. So just so everyone knows that, that these are the things that we're looking at, we're calculating and we're coming up with a number that your body should be at. Right. Yes. But it does can regulate Like if you're eating 500 calories less, right. That's where your maintenance is now. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And understanding that and, trying to get back to where you should be based on your mass and your age and everything. Yes. That's where we're trying to, to be. So to, to tell this point, so there's actually kind of, I think we just covered rule number one and two. One is you have to be in a deficit. Two is you have to be in an appropriate deficit for your personal and specific needs. What's rule number three? Eat protein. Okay. <laughs> I love that rule. Like it's almost like this is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Right. Because you can get around it for a little while. You can mess around, you can tiptoe around the protein number for a little while, but ultimately if you want to have longer term success and you want to enjoy this process at all, like at all, you need to get that protein number in line. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like expand on that a little? Yeah. So, I mean, when you're in a deficit, um, I mean, let's say, okay, let's say like your metabolism isn't down or upregulated, you know, you're eating, you've been eating at maintenance for a little bit, you're ready to go into a deficit. Um, Knowing exactly how much protein you should be eating um, and knowing exactly how many calories you should be eating are the two most important pieces. Um, It's, you know, kind of the opposite of like, you know, a general surplus would be three to 500 calories extra per day. A general deficit would be three to 500 calories less per day. Um, And that's depending on if, you know, you want it to be a slower, um, you know, weight loss period or for it to be a little bit faster, you're more likely to preserve more muscle mass if you went a little bit slower. So generally I'll put like on the one-on-one coaching program, I'll put people like three to 400, um, under maintenance just to kind of see how they do in the very beginning, you know, double check on their muscle mass. Do we need to slow it down? Can we, you know, keep it here, speed it up, all that good stuff. But you got your finger on the pulse in that one-on-one situation, right? So yes. you can, you can toggle and twist the dials yes. if that's just, okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. These are people that I'm working super closely with. Um, But making sure that, you know, your calories are in check and your proteins are in check are the two most important pieces. Your, you know, your carbs and your fats, like generally, you know, they can they can land where they land as long as you still feel good in your workouts and everything like that. Um, But so long as, again, you're hitting your deficit numbers and you're hitting your proteins, you're going to lose fat mass and you're going to preserve as much muscle as possible. Yeah. So I think, again, the protein uh, conversation is becoming a little bit more, uh, let's just say accepted by, by people they are starting to get like, okay, my protein is important. And I, if you said some, something, if you ask somebody or a potential client, like, well, how much protein do you, do you eat? They're either going to know or or they're going to know. And what they're going to know is this, they're going to know how much they're eating. And they're generally going to know that they're not eating enough. And they're going to say something about to that effect. Like, I know I need to probably be eating more protein. It's not usually probably it's, (laughs) You definitely you, you should definitely need to be eating more protein. And then that, that, that's a challenge for people. I mean, what's the deal with that? Like it's so hard. Yeah. Why is it hard? Like, because I, I think I know yes. the answers for, for me and for other, for a lot of other people, but I'm curious as what you you're hearing out there. Like, why are, why is it so hard for people to do this? Well, I think, I think one of like two or the, like of the biggest reasons is a, you know, like Jeff said, it, it's super filling, right? So just measuring out all of the steak, all the chicken, the pork, the eggs that you have to eat throughout the day. Like, it's like, Oh my God, like, 
I can't take another bite of freaking chicken. You know, um, the other one is then, you know, people when it comes to getting more protein in, they start going for the processed proteins and they start going for, you know, the whey protein and which whey protein is not bad. Um, it's when you start, you know, drinking like yeah. three or four scoops of it per day um, or going for the protein bars that end up having a bunch of sugar and a bunch of extra carbs and fats in them anyways. And then they don't see a difference in, well, I've increased my proteins and I'm not seeing a difference. I'm actually gaining weight. And it's like, well, okay, what is coming with those proteins? Are you eating lean proteins or are you putting yourself in a surplus because of all the other junk that starts to come with the processed proteins that you're eating? Um, and you're not eating enough real whole food protein. Yeah. And so what, what I equate that to is, is just the convenience of it Mm -hmm. because any of your, your well put together proteins are going to take preparation for sure. They don't keep right. Yeah. So, I mean, you could throw them in the freezer, but the bottom line is this takes work. Yeah. Like you have to go shop, right. You have to one way or another, whether it's being delivered to your door and you have to order it online or whatever, then there's preparation, right. Then there's packing it up. There's, you know, again, there's measuring. It doesn't come all conveniently. You don't go to the supermarket and while you look at it, it's, you know, it's, two, ounces it's, here and, it's yeah. two pounds of meat sitting yeah. underneath the cellophane wrapper. Yeah. Right. And now I have to deal with this, yep. right. I've got to prep, prepare it. I've got to cut it up. I've got to store it. I've got to, there's, there's work that, that that goes into that. And in a world with Uber Eats, you got to really like, want, yeah, you have to really want it. And it's, uh, you have to understand why you're doing it. Like people at first, they want to lose weight and look good. Right. And at times it turns into a health thing. Sometimes people go back, they, you know, gain their weight back. But uh, usually it starts out as trying to be aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has to turn into a lifestyle. Yeah. I said mm-hmm. this a million times. Like I've never met anybody that doesn't want to look better naked yeah. Yeah. in some way. They don't want to change something about themselves. Sure. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, when, there isn't. When, when they do it too drastically, naked. that's also when we see issues. So totally. when they try yeah. to go from it's like fa- yeah. eating out almost every single day to, okay, I'm going to like cook my rice and, you know, get my veggies and have my protein and meal life. prep. Yeah. yeah. Going from incredibly palatable going foods. Going from Mr. To, Chow's to, to <laughs> boiled chicken. Are you kidding me? To like a bodybuilder's diet. Like, no, no. And then that's why that's another reason why they fall off is yeah and they don't need to eat that clean generally Mm -hmm. they just don't need to and they they that's the issue too they see these meal plans that are given to them by people that are like six meals a day of like Ground turkey, turkey what, broccoli, like, just that, brown rice. That's it. That's all. And it, it is. doesn't have to be tasteless, like no fat meat all the time. My food either. is my food tastes delicious. I'm gonna tell you yeah. that right now. Right. Yeah. And yeah, but it's taking work for you to get there. You did the for whole, sure. Like yeah, you, for you, sure. You did the thing. So mm-hmm. let's get, let's talk about the protein then. So you got to hit your protein number. What's yes. the general recommendation for somebody in terms of if they're trying to figure this out for themselves? I'm like, okay, I know where my maintenance is. I've figured that out. And I've been really consistent with that. And I'm looking to go in a deficit now. I'm going to try and dial this back. I'm going to go real conservative. I'm only going to go 250 calories down mm-hmm. into a deficit because I don't want to feel miserable. And I feel like I can manage that. And geez, I mean, I'm already, I'm getting that like three nights a week and my three glasses or my two glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. If I just cut that out, I'm in my I'm in my 250 calorie deficit, but I'm not hitting my protein. And I know I'm eating low on my protein because the only time I ever have it really is like maybe at dinner, you know, and maybe there's a little bit that comes in in lunch, but my, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing oatmeal, right. And fruit or whatever at breakfast. Cause it's easy. It's on the go, or I can get it at the Starbucks or whatever (laughs) on my way out the door, whatever it happens to me. So sorry, I'm dragging this on, but what's the right protein number? Where should somebody start with that? I mean, in general, you know, the whole one gram per one pound of body weight is a really, really great place to start. Um, If that person is like severely under eating on protein, like uh, they're only eating about half their body weight in protein, I would start generally depending on the size of the person, 30 percent tends to be lower than the one pound per, you Mm -hmm. know, 
Mm-hmm. Sorry, one gram That's per like one pound. Seven yeah. yeah. So it kind of slowly works their way up because again, protein is super filling. And if you have them double their protein overnight, gonna they're going to be sick. Yeah. yeah. So and that's another usually, thing I think yeah. we're seeing with the pro like people, why people are so sick. They jump up extremely quick. Mm-hmm. Right. They go yeah. from zero yeah. to a hundred is what and, you're saying. Yeah. And they yeah. have just did the stomach distress. Yeah. Right? Like for me, I just started at 0.7 and trying to build back up to 1.0. Cause you were that, you were yeah, My stomach either. just wasn't, and wasn't I, ready for yep. it. I was kind of going off of how my stomach felt. Right. So I started at a real known, real low number, started at 0.7 per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. And I kind of built up from there, just seeing kind of how my stomach was. Okay. I'm digesting that. I'm boom, moving up, moving up, moving up. And now I'm at 1.0. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. slowly going to try to push that up. But again, it's just on how I felt. Yeah. Right. And and you created some distress along the way, like, and then it's just titrating that yeah, distress, exactly. right? Pulling off yeah. of it, being like, okay, well, was that looking at the food? I mean, obviously just trying to be aware of, uh, you know, am I drinking too much whey protein? I try to have just one shake after my workout, you know? Yes. So you're going back to this, those gram per pound yeah. and people are going, no, 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 no. It's one gram per kilogram. You know, and oh, hell no. can we just clear this up? <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> it's it's not really. And like, especially when it comes to the, the more protein that you eat. I mean, again, we've proven that it's not bad for your kidneys to eat more protein. Um, the more protein that you eat, the better it is for a maintaining muscle mass, even gaining mm-hmm. muscle mass. Um, and then also how much easier it is to eat less of the other stuff. If you're so full off the protein, you're going to eat less of the carbs and the fats throughout the rest for of the sure. day. If the goal is fat loss like and you need to be in a deficit, yes. that's to your advantage. Yes. And another thing I want to ask here is that what I just said is one gram per kilogram is not enough. It's not enough. If you're putting yourself in a deficit, right? It's not enough. Will you, we survive on one gram per kilogram? A thousand percent. Especially if you're putting in the calories coming from other things. Yeah. But if your goal is to maintain a, a healthy body fat percentage, be active, recover mm-hmm. well, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Sleep well, have, your brain, have function. Great yes. brain function, gut function, hormonal function, all of these types it's of all things. Protein. Like we know that one gram per, per kilogram is basically yeah. for survival. Yes. yes. So that's like the, so it's not, could, it's not to survive, not to thrive. You could maintain your muscle mass even with, I believe it's like two grams per kilogram of lean body mass. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of like the minimum amount to like maintain what you already have. Um, but again, it just it benefits you to eat closer to your body weight in pounds when you are in that deficit. And the other factor that we have to consider is age, because the older that you get, the less sensitive your body is to amino acids. So you need to be eating More. one gram per pound, one point one gram per yeah. pound. And that with every decade that <sighs> changes, that increases a little bit more. And so that's another thing, you know, yeah. like you said, it's like we calculate everything based on your age, your height, your weight. Um but the age when it comes to protein is the priority. That's the most important thing. When it, when I'm calculating protein for somebody, I take into account their age as well. And, you know, when you're looking at people dying, like no one's dying from protein kidney failure. People are dying from fucking dialysis right. and oh, like, you know, insulin, like people should be worried about that. Like I don't people that are worried about overeating protein. It's it's a ridiculous worry yeah, in my I, opinion i think mm-hmm. if you don't see centers for protein you know kidney failure places you know you see davida di, dialysis centers for carbs right and yes. overeating of highly processed and highly palatable foods right if yes. you go back to just full whole natural foods you can't overeat it i'm sorry i, yep. I can't yes, <laughs> yes. i'm trying that's because that's because people are not eating enough protein they're not eating enough fiber they're eating too much sugar and they're not drinking water and those are the four factors that i generally give people and in the very beginning, right the gate, they don't yep. even have to track. If mm-hmm. they just take the recommendations for those four factors, I see 
we see progress within like the first two months and people are so happy yes and that's kind of the downside to like when I have like a consult with somebody and I give them that information I'm like okay take it run with it see how it goes like you know and it takes a while before they're like hey this is working for me okay now I need a coach to help me like you know observe a little bit more and and because it's so it's like that's literally the four main things that if you just start tracking those things put those in line you will start seeing the results that you want to see, like in the very beginning, before you even track a single, you know, calorie, whatever that's going into your mouth. Yeah. These are basic, basic things. And again, I think people might be, get frustrated with this. Like, come on though. But, but what else? No, stop that shit. There is no what else yet. <laughs> yeah. There could be what else, but we haven't gotten there yet because you're not doing your four basics. I do want to ask you and, and talk a little bit about like, you know, the caveat to the one gram per pound of body weight and when that doesn't work, like when is that not a good idea? When, when that person is maybe like over a certain pound of like, let's say like over 300 pounds or something like that. Yeah. So the bottom line is is if you're severely overweight, that equation doesn't work out for you because if you're a hundred pounds overweight, you're eating a hundred grams over your, your, they're definitely not eating. (laughs) But for in general, we can get pretty close with that one gram per pound of body weight. Mm -hmm. But, and how do you really know that? Well, first off, you know, like you, you know, if you're that overweight, right? Like, you know, but Uh, I have had some people where like, even at, at 200 grams, I'm like, yeah, you know, you need to be eating close to one gram per pound of body weight. And even they think that's so much protein. And I'm like, actually, it's not. It's probably for somebody under, like you. Maybe under their under their needs still. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 it, it is a tough uh, place to try to get somebody to 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 come to like mm-hmm. to be able to understand that. But going You're back telling to an overweight person to hear, dude, like let's raise your calories and eat more, and they're like kind of like, whoa, what hold on heck? a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mind blowing, right? Yeah, that it's doesn't just, sound right. It's counterintuitive. It goes yeah. against everything they've been told, everything mm-hmm. they've been taught, everything they see, everything they hear. It just doesn't make good good uh sense like it, it's counterintuitive uh what's the uh what's the term uh conventional wisdom says that that's very very wrong yeah uh, but the reality of it is is this is the things that we do in nutrition coaching and through our nutrition coaching programming and our online programming to help people understand to to educate them on why it is important and how to make it work for them so mm-hmm. starting with that is a really good place to start for the majority of people out there, right? Like, Hey, let's get you around that one gram per pound of body weight with regard to your protein intake. And let's make sure we're getting it from as whole food, uh, as least fucked around with, you know, protein sources as possible. And even if you're eating, and I'll, I'll just say it and it might piss people off, but even if you're eating what I call retarded meat, and that is the meat you get from the grocery store. That's people been, been eating it for you. They've been years. eating it forever. That's the stuff you you might get at the grocery store. You might walk in, and it's you know you oh. know you know it's from a feedlot. You know that's been There's hormone only 10% treated. Ten percent of food is actually you know, you know it's been hormone fed. treated. You know it's been antibiotic treated. You know it's not been done in humane in a or uh, you know dealt with in humane ways. Maybe coming from a from a from a food processing plant that has less than stellar reviews. Even if you're eating that meat. Right. It's still better. Right. Than under eating your protein. Yep. Right. So Absolutely. again, like that's another conversation for another time. And obviously that is not the recommendation we're making for people. And, and maybe that, that, that hits home with people that you could do a bit better job in terms of choosing your, your choices and understanding where your food comes from. But, but even if you're eating like a, I would just say a, a an inferior life or protein life form, right? Because of how it was raised, treated and messed around with by human hands, 
it's still better than under eating your protein in this particular situation. Yes. So work on the quality of the protein, which is very important. And to mm-hmm. Jeff's point and to your point earlier, like mm-hmm. when you're onboarding your protein, it really needs to be coming from those sources. Because if you're depending on it to come from a, a, a bag, a can, mm. a box, mm-hmm. or a, any kind of a package, you're likely onboarding a lot of other things that are not going to benefit you. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean... I'm not saying this, that everything that you buy in a can, a package, you know, a bag or everything is bad. Like technology, the industrialization of how we package our foods has changed dramatically. Like there's a lot of great stuff you can get at the store that's been prepackaged for convenience, Mm -hmm. for shipping, for storage, for all of those kind of things. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Just be careful right, and be aware. Because all of of that meat is wrapped in plastic. I mean, right. If you want to yeah. get that, like if you if really you want, to, want to start going down yeah. that, Again, it's, roll, a, slip, which is, it's yeah. a slippery slope, yeah. right? It is a slippery slope, but at the same time, like being aware of that, mm-hmm. um, I think is important, sure. but, but using it as an excuse yeah, exactly. to not yeah. hit your, your protein number, yes. um, is equally as detrimental. In sure. my Cause it's quantity first, especially if the numbers are really what's kind of like forking things up for people. Yes. It's quantity first. All right, cool. Now that we've got you in a groove and we've got you like in, um, like a good routine and, and this has become a habit for you. It's not a chore for you to eat this much protein. You're finally in the habit of hitting these numbers, hitting these proteins and everything like that. Okay. Now we can look into quality. Now we can look into, there are some, there are some things when it comes to quality that I, that I'll make swaps and I'll point out in the very beginning. Um, but for the most part, it is quantity first. Get that locked down. Okay, now let's you look at adjust. your quality. Now right. let's, yeah, now now we can look at things like plastics and and where this beef exactly. is coming from. And, you know, do you, like, do you soak your rice before you cook it? Like, are you getting the, like, are you getting Whatever the chemicals makes you off feel of good, it? Like, you know? yeah, yeah, you know. Those are all, those are all, we're, I don't want to say we're splitting hairs because we're not in terms of where your meat's coming from and where you're where your food is coming from, which is not splitting hairs at all, mm-hmm. but those are not things we need to be focused on right away. Like yes. if, if the goal is to get you into a deficit mm-hmm. and meeting your caloric intake needs and your specific macro needs with regard to protein. Mm-hmm. So let's move on actually to the carbs and fats piece because I think, you know, cause okay. So let's just say I get my protein dialed in. What the hell am I supposed to do? Is it no carb, high fat? <laughs> is it low fat, high carb? Is it medium carbs, sometimes carbs? Is it carbs two days a week and no and no other days a week? The fuck am I supposed to do with my carbohydrate? So yeah. I give that to people. I allow people to play with that a little bit themselves. And this is kind of what helps bring that balance piece to it. Because yes, you can still eat cake in a deficit. Yes, you can still like, you know, have fattier meats in a deficit and everything like that. Um, but we know, number one, that carbohydrate Carbohydrates are very important when it comes to maintaining the muscle mass. So you do want to be getting a decent amount of carbohydrates, um, but you also don't want to be going mentally insane. So, you know, there might be some days where like your fats are a little bit up. Um, So typically I allow people to pick where their carbs and fats fall. Because again, like I said, as long as you're in a deficit and you're hitting your proteins, you're doing your workouts, you're going to lose fat no matter what. Right. Um, I might just have some people that will come in and they're like, well, my workouts are really sucking. And then I look at their food logs and they're eating a lot of fat and like maybe 80 grams of carbs throughout the day. And I'm like, let's increase the carbs. Let's trade some some fats for carbs. Right. But this is also advice like for average Joe off the street. Right. Somebody who's like a bodybuilder is going to be way more dialed in. For sure. um, but for somebody who's like coming off the street and I want to make this deficit as easily as possible for them that's typically what I start with. And then once we start to see problems is when I'm like, okay, okay, let's focus in on, on where our carbs and fats are landing. Um, but yeah, in general, for the most part, like it's, it's not the biggest piece and it's not going to be a a hindering factor in the long run. Yeah. So going back to the fats and the, and the carbs, 
you mentioned something when we talked about how much do I need to eat in order to gain muscle in the mm-hmm. other talk that we did. You talked about calorie cycling, and this is one of those times where we're having, where we may be struggling with the deficit, right? In mm-hmm. the, with regard to the fat and the, and the carbohydrate. And some days you might go a little higher fat and a little lower carb. And someday you might go a little lower carb and a little higher fat. Mm-hmm. And you can play with that throughout the week and you can manage it around your lifestyle and the things that you may be doing and the places you like to go to eat out to eat or the, the social situation that you're, you know, you're going to be in. And I find that to be a very comfortable way to eat because a lot of things in my life are standardized, For sure. mm-hmm. you know? And again, like the weekend being one of those times was probably the least standardized, mm-hmm. right? Like I've got freedoms or flexibilities. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm working a different shift than my, obviously my weekends a Tuesday, Wednesday, instead of a Saturday, Sunday, again, I kind of know, and I can play the, there's a little bit of a game you can play and find out what kind of a patterning may work well for you. And again, yeah. that's, that's getting into a little bit more of an advanced kind of concept. You can't do that mm-hmm. unless you understand what your maintenance is, what your deficit numbers are. Mm-hmm. Are you meeting them? And are you hitting your macro and micronutrient numbers? But there are ways to manipulate the macros a little bit yes. to make it a little bit more comfortable, yes. but also give you an advantage in terms of uh, stimulating things. Right? We could even go a little higher calorie on one day and go a little lower calorie on another day, as mm-hmm. long as we're, we're, or equating yes. at the end of the week. You can do weekly totals and things like that. Yeah. And yes, kinda. that's exactly what I was going to say. It's it's your weekly average. You know, if you know you've got like a birthday party on Saturday, okay, I'm going to eat, you know, 400 calories extra. I'll You can either take 100 calories away from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or you can take 200 away from Tuesday and Thursday. And then that gives you the extra 400 on that Saturday. So you can manipulate it that way. It 400 is not enough for Saturday. What's going on, dude. Hold on. Um, But yeah, like you can manipulate it that way and make it work with your life. Like it's not black and white. It's not like that set number every single day. Um, Or like even, you know, let's say like somebody like, oh, like I ate pizza that night and I went over. Not a big deal. Okay. Either just negate it or just get back on track. Like no big deal. Um, The other form of calorie cycling that there is, is, is when it comes to diet breaks. So just kind of giving yourself a break and giving your body a break too, because being in a deficit for too long is stressful on the body. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want to decrease stress as much as possible because stress and sleep are also very key when it comes to to fat loss. Um, And that in that, you know, case, for example, somebody could put themselves in a deficit for like six to eight weeks and then give themselves a one to two week break. Right. So then this way they could plan around a vacation, right. They know they're going to Hawaii this week. Okay, cool. I'm in a deficit for eight weeks. Go on, you know, go on this trip, um, take a little diet break, Break, you know, have some fun in Hawaii, whatever, come back and get right back into it. And it helps resensitize your mm-hmm. body to the deficit. Because if you just mm-hmm. keep yourself in a deficit, you're just going to downregulate your metabolism and you become less sensitive to that deficit number. Put yourself on a diet break, calculate whatever your new maintenance is at the end of that eight week deficit, eat at maintenance, you know, or a surplus if, if you want to, you know, do that, you know, make it fancy um, and then get right back into the deficit if you still have some more fat to lose. Right. right? I, think, I think there's so there's the the benefits that you get by taking those breaks. And there's also the psychological component or even emotional component that comes along with that, with having yes. that break. It's, and, yeah. it's general, a light at the end of the tunnel yeah, for some people. But it's, it's also like when they the light sometimes comes on when they get to the end of that and they're like, dude. I was in Mexico for a full week with my family. It was a great time. I was eating on the resort the whole time. We had some really great meals. I was drinking way too much. And you know what? I don't want to see alcohol again forever. <laughs> Not because I got sick, 
but because I know how it makes me feel when I drink it. I don't ever want to see these high fat, hard, high carb meals for a long time. I just want right. to get back. My gut's so oh, my stomach, yeah. my stomach yeah. hurts or my you energy really level getting, sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm coming back and I'm just having a really hard time finding, finding an adjustment. I, like I need to get back to what they'll say is I need to get back to normal. Yeah. yeah. My routine. Yes. So that becomes the normal Which and, is good, right? and the yeah. randomness mm-hmm. isn't so normal anymore. So, yeah. you know, people might be getting a little overwhelmed with like, you need to know this number and you want to be aware of this. Yeah, you do. It, it's just part of the process. And you, if you, the quicker you embrace it, the, the, the faster you can get on board with it, mm-hmm. the, the sooner you'll start to see the benefits of being on board with it. And, yeah. and you'll want to stay consistent with it because you'll feel like you have some control, right? And you, and you can dial your own dials. And you got yes. accountability. Now you're empowered. Yes. Yeah. Now you're empowered and you're keeping yourself empowered. And the goal with nutrition coaching is not to have a nutrition coach for the rest of your life. It's to coach you through this process yeah. Yeah. so that later on down the road, you can make those adjustments on your own because yes. as a coach, you're not doing, you're not reinventing the wheel. All you're doing is helping the person find the path pathway, mm-hmm. right? And once they found the path, okay, now you're on the right path. You're leading the horse to water. Let's mm-hmm. figure out the formula for you. Let me help yes. you do that next. But you got to get on the path. Yes, because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a science to nutrition. And I make sure that I educate all my clients in the science to nutrition. But then there's also the nuance and the flexibility that applies to you as an individual. And so then that's the other thing I try to teach them. This is the science. This is who you are as a person. How do we bring those two things together? Yes. So that you can, you know, feel in control. And also, I mean, again, by the end of the program, I want them to feel comfortable going out into the world on their own. I want them to feel like I learned so much. And again, I have control. I can manipulate my nutrition the way that I want it to be. I don't feel stressed out because I have this vacation coming up. I'm going to plan it out. Um, I'm going to figure out my macros. Oh, if I went over under one day, not a big deal. I know exactly how to get right back on track. That's my goal as a coach. So fat loss, calorie deficit, eat your protein, get your protein straightened out. Mm -hmm. Get that, get that figured out. Very important. Do that consistently. Right. And let's focus on that for a while. And then after we've done that for a while, then we'll know where we can go either direction, maybe a little up, maybe a little back when it's a good time to take a break, how to plan that break with Mm -hmm. things that are coming up and learn what works for you so that fat loss isn't this lifelong process of just being frustrated because you're never losing the, you know, yeah, what you want or ever being, one. or ever being where you, you want and to the be. Starting and stopping yeah. is a big one too. Like right. the metabolism is a hard drive. It's like a computer. It remembers. That's the reason why we tell people to stay on it for like six months to a year of right. trying to find your maintenance because it needs to remember what mm-hmm. you're doing, right? It remembers all of this yo-yo dieting, right? So it's like, hold on, dude. Like, I don't really know what you're doing. So I'm going to kind of like, it's interesting. Protect myself for a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so then you start eating maintenance for a while. It's like, okay, he's been doing this for a while. Like this is my new program. Yeah. We stay We just stay on pace. And then we have, yeah. we have a platform to work from, from that. Yes. So yeah. get on the path first. Right. And then we can figure out the formula. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.